0: that's the goal though to not be in (laughs) constant crisis like yes and you even if you feel like life is swell like I feel like life is pretty swell right now but like that's not the point like yeah that's the point but like keep it going like you there's always little facets of you that like you can talk about and things you don't even know you need to talk about with your therapist that they just have a way of getting out of you uh, over time but it does take time
1: Hello, welcome back to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Julie Johnson. I'm the president and founder at Heart and Solutions. We are a mental health counseling agency here in Iowa. We are still doing, uh, for our outpatient mental health counseling for adults and kids and adolescents, we're still doing telehealth over the phone or over the computer for therapy. Uh,
2: So no matter where you are in
1: the state, you can give us a call for therapy.
2: I'm Krista Hunt, I am Vice President in charge of the BHIS Department at Heart and Solutions. So BHIS stands for Behavioral Health Intervention Services. And that is a program where we go in home and work with children four through 18 on different behavioral skills with the child and their family. We can also see them on telehealth like Julie was just talking about or in our office or in school as well. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services.
1: So we post on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Central, so batch up whatever task you hate, doing lately for me, it's been the treadmill. I do not want to, I don't, I just don't want to do it. Um, But if I have the podcast on, it at least kills like 40 minutes or 45 minutes of that horrible task. Uh, So meal prepping or putting away your laundry for the week, getting all your stuff set up for the week. And that gives you your entire week to call, get scheduled with your counselor. If you haven't seen them in a while or to get connected with a counselor in your area. Okay. So today we have a special guest with us. We've got Caitlin on with us. Um, Caitlin is a behavioral health intervention counselor here at Heart and Solutions. Uh, She is currently serving Newton, Marshalltown, and Grundy Center. Uh, And uh, she's one of two Caitlin's we have here. So (laughs) if you call in and you say, oh, I heard the podcast. We want to get started with services with Caitlin. You got to say, We need to get started with services with Caitlin A with a K, okay? (laughs) If you say Caitlin A with a K, we will know who you're talking about. Um, So we're really excited to have Caitlin here with us uh, to share about doing behavioral health counseling, and then also to share about uh, her own experiences in counseling. So welcome, Caitlin. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Hello. So, um, goodness. Okay. So you grew up in Newton, Iowa. Um, and for those listening, not from Iowa, uh, Newton is known for the drive-in movie theater. True.
0: And Kinda. is that, is well, that it? Yeah, that is correct. And this, they're always like, oh, the one with the Iowa Speedway. Oh yeah. That's about it. That's a, okay. <laughs>
1: So, so Newton, Iowa, and now you had moved to a different part of Iowa, and now you're back uh, back home in the Newton area. Um, so really, really cool. Uh, Caitlin started doing BHIs in another part of the state with us uh, and then moved back home to, uh, to the Newton area and is still able to uh, continue to see clients and see clients in Newton and then Marshalltown area. Uh, So really, really cool. So Caitlin, you've worked with people Mm -hmm. of all ages, right? What got you into wanting to be in the helping profession and wanting to study psychology?
0: Well, honestly, I didn't, I couldn't find anything else I liked. Like I literally like picking a major. There is not even one other one that interests me remotely, to be honest. And like, I just, I started doing, I worked as a direct support professional for um, Medicaid clients um, that are older like and kind of have disabilities that they need assistance with just doing daily tasks. Um, And then I started up here at at University of Northern Iowa and I was gonna be majoring or mastering in post-secondary education student affairs And I said, yeah, this is not filling my cup. Like this is not helping the type of help that I like. Yeah, you're helping as a like college kids. But I decided I was like, I mean, when I was younger, I thought I said the one demographic of people I don't want to work with is kids. And I love it. Like, I'm not even kidding. I really do. And I never thought that. I don't know why I thought that. But I, I just think that the help that I have to offer my best self is kind of doing what I'm doing. That's hilarious. So I had a big downfall before I got here, but here we are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You figured it out.
0: Yeah. Eventually.
2: So you had
1: kind of thought like, I, I want to help people, but I don't want to work with kids. I I'll I'll work
0: with any other age, but not kids. (laughs) Right. And that's so ironic and honestly, like great for branding, but like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it, I surprised myself because I'm actually a lot more patient and I feel like, I don't know, maybe I just grew up a little bit, but yeah, like I just, I really like what I do and I feel like it fills my cup.
1: I love that. I mean, behavioral health intervention services, BEHIS, it's all kids all the time. Um, and how cool that you were able to uh, learn that about yourself. And learn about your own strengths as it comes to helping, helping people and helping children uh, and, and learning through that experience that, wow, this is something that I really enjoy.
0: Right. And my counts, my personal counselor was the one that told me you just like try. Cause when I dropped out of that master's program, she said, yeah, just like, I suggest that you just try things in your field and like new positions and roles, just like poke the bear. And I mean, I didn't expect it to be like, first of all, I expected it to be like harder to find positions just because of like more rural Iowa places, just the lack of accessibility. But no, she's the one that, I mean, you need a counselor podcast. She really helped like that little piece of advice really stuck with me. Like just go out there, put masters on hold and just figure it out. So that's kind of what I did, like what you're just saying. Absolutely, I love that.
1: I, I love this this experience that you've had and how you're sharing it because uh, you were on one track in life, and it's so sometimes it's so difficult sometimes to change tracks and change paths in our life because we're we're so uh, in our society, I think we're, we're taught, you know, you follow through and you finish things that you start and all of these messages, I think that we get about success and fulfillment. Um, and you know, what, what you're identifying is that you, you realized you were not on a track you wanted to be on. And you said, I, all of that stuff, the society says to me is not as important as me finding fulfillment
0: in what I'm doing. Right. And I just like woke up one day. I'm not kidding you. Well, I was up all night because of this program, but I woke up one day and I'm not even kidding. I emailed my like um advisor and I was like, Yeah, I'm this I can't. I just can't. And then I called about not 12 that's an exaggeration maybe like eight different counts like locations before somebody had availability because going back to the accessibility thing and I was kind of like in crisis mode I was like uh I just like made a huge life decision help basically like I just need something so yeah women's clinic they got me in and honestly it was probably one of the best things I Did I was like you said I was embarrassed that I dropped out telling family I was like why like I'm not going to Christmas because everybody's like oh how's school going how's boyfriend you know like whatever question they bring up so I'm like I was super embarrassed and now I'm like "Uh, absolutely I did that and I (laughs) do not regret it one bit.
1: (laughs) I mean it's it's going against the grain in a way but it's going in tune with who you. Are And who you were discovering that you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in so many situations, just like thinking, I don't want to work with kids and then experiencing it and going, oh, yeah, I do. Our, our brains just are not designed to be able to tell the future. Like we just can't, we can't do it. And we're as you know, as human beings we're really bad at predicting how things are going to end up for us and how we're going to feel once we you know, make decisions one way or another. Uh, and so what I love about your story is that you were able to say, nope, I'm going to try this, And I'm going to see how it fits me. I'm not going to change who I am Mm -hmm. to continue on with this grad program or to continue in this career path or continue working with this population. Uh, I'm going to take a track and find a track that fits who I am because I'm going to stay true to to who I am and how I find fulfillment in my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. Now, what gave you the... uh, strength or the willingness to contact a counselor after you had done that? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, that's not always an easy thing to do. And especially calling that many places and being put on waiting lists or not having the a referral the availability. Yeah, absolutely. How
0: did you get through that? Well, it had been a long time coming and I think I just snapped. Like I'm not, I really went into like, I didn't sleep that whole night because I didn't even realize I, my body was like capable of having that much anxiety just from like that program. It just was so, I think it, like I was about to burst. It's like how I can explain it. Like, so when I say I dropped out at like four in the morning, I dropped out at four in the morning and called people as soon as offices were open. Like it was because of mental health and I was apprehensive about counseling because I had prior poor experiences um, with it but this has kind of changed my mind it's like even though I don't still live around uh, the Cedar Falls area I'm still going to keep going back drive make the hike up there because once you just know you, when it works it works.
1: Wow yeah and it sounds like that has been a really positive counseling experience for you being able to bridge that that transition uh, with somebody who's supporting you and who you are and the decisions that you're making for yourself and and like you said that's it's something to hang on to because it is difficult uh sometimes to find that right fit so so you had a previous experience that was not as positive what was that like well first
0: of all it's plural experiences honestly one was at my college where I went to school which I won't name drop but um it was, when you go to college, they have like a cap. So you can, they'll only see you for like five or six sessions. I guess, I don't know, I can't speak for all colleges, but the one I went to, that was the case for my undergrad. And I was like, we barely even know each other yet. Like, we're just scratching the surface. And I just, that was kind of for career counseling, honestly, which I'm like, still, you know, up until when I started, what, in February probably still needed more career counseling, but that's kind of what I got from my counselor. But it was just, it just didn't work. Like, I don't know how to, we just, our personalities don't match. And I know that that's not uncommon. Like people get discouraged and then they will just never go back because they think that's what it's going to be like every single time. Mm -hmm. And that's so not the case. I mean, everybody's so different and has different styles. And I mean, and then my second experience was, when it was during covid i was doing telehealth with someone that was like from the complete opposite side of the country and was very pull your bootstraps up and get over it like honestly i mean and she was just kind of talking politics like like expressing her political opinions and like it just was uncomfortable so i was like Next, you know, so after that, I was kind of like, I'm gonna be done, like, but then I had that experience up here, and I mean, I couldn't ask for much more, honestly.
1: That's amazing. It's amazing that you you were able to go from the place of I'm I'm done with this, right? Like, I've been through counseling, I've experienced what that is, it was not helpful to me, and so I'm not going to do it again. You you've gone from or been able to go from I'm done with this to, I need a counselor tomorrow. <laughs> like, like right I, now. you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is really amazing and speaks uh, to that ability to go, no, I am still going to try this and I'm still going to invest this time. Even in a bad counseling experience, I'm investing that time in the in the possibility that I'm going to find a good fit. And that I'm going to find the right counselor for me, uh, and I think that's amazing. How did you? How did you do that? How did I do?
0: Oh, like get over having a bad experience. Um, well, I think just life, like just life circumstances, that different, changed from being like a college kid taking like 17 credits at a time. Like my excuse would have been, I don't have time which is what a lot of people do say. And that's totally valid. But you, you, ha- when you really need it and realize it, you're like, I'll make time. Like <laughs> everything else can wait. I'll make time. Especially when you find a good one, you almost like look forward to it. You write things in your notes on your phone that you're like, oh, I need to talk to her about this. Like next time I see her, how I Did it? I think it's also just because I am a big advocate for therapy in the first place, having like the background that I do. I mean, I feel like you don't really go into psychology and think therapy is like bogus, you know, like obviously I like it. But part of the struggle, too, was growing up with a family that was kind of like, oh, you're going to you go to a shrink. You know what I mean? Like it's not very. I didn't want to talk to them about it. And now that I'm like not living there and we kind of have a better relationship, I'm like, oh yeah, going to see my shrink today (laughs) about that. Like, I I just have like no shame behind it. And especially knowing that it's working. And I mean, I just think that makes a world of a difference. I love that. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, how about them apples? want to see my shrink now. What? <laughs> you should honestly. They need to see the shrink if, if talk about it. <laughs> I hope they don't. I'm not sharing this with them. We <laughs> need to, we them need them to go them, on them. the Heart and Solutions page and block my parents, right? <laughs> <away>. <laughs> I, you know, I love. I,
1: I love it though, because it, like you said, no shame, right? Like Um, you're like, this is good for me. This is working for me. This is something that is helping me. Like, why would I feel shame or why would I feel embarrassed about it? But it is so tempting, you know, the way that we grow up, the way that we uh, first heard about counselors, right. The way that we have heard people talk about people who've gone to counseling or, uh, or talking about, you know, therapy in general, it is so tempting to, uh, to hold on to those same beliefs, you know, from childhood or, uh, or even if we don't agree with them to, uh, like you said, to avoid the conversations, you know, right. and, uh, and what, what amazing role modeling and advocacy that you're, you're like, nope, I go to therapy. (laughs) Like, hello, I I go to, (laughs) (laughs) I go to therapy. Um, and I, I just think it's amazing. And especially for somebody who is in this field, who is doing counseling themselves, uh, you know, you are, you're not only talking the talk, but you're walking the walk and you're saying, Nope, I, I am giving counseling services. I am helping children. I am helping families, but I'm also a human being. And so I need help and support as well.
0: Right. And I think also, like, I just think that the stigma around it is, it's also going away. I would say not going away, but like, we're, we're getting somewhere a little bit, especially post COVID, I feel like people are even like on the other podcasts I listen to, everybody's, I feel like everybody's like, oh yeah, just got back from therapy. What's up, guys? Like, I feel like it's just being more talked about, but also, I mean, the situation's a little different, like here versus California with like just the amount of accessibility. And I mean, I just, I feel strongly if you can't tell about like rural Iowa communities being super underserved. I mean, me and Krista were just talking about that with Marshalltown, like how many referrals came in when she just like put something on Facebook just in Marshalltown because like
1: people are in need. Absolutely. I always think about, you know, when we're sharing the message about counseling, we're like, we're in a field where you don't ever have to advertise, we just need to let people know that this is available and that this is a service that they can access because there are so many people out there thinking I would go to counseling, but I can't afford it, or I don't have the time, or there isn't anybody that would come to this area because I live so far away from Ames or I live so far away from Waterloo. Um, And it's one of my favorite things about BEHIS and the BEHIS program here in Iowa is that we will come to you um, and that you don't have to leave your house for those sessions that uh, so many of the barriers that come with it I mean gosh I I have one child she's six and like that's a lot for me okay (laughs) so I mean if I had even even with one kiddo but if I had more kiddos I mean The idea of packing them all up in the car, even the idea of packing the one up in the car, (laughs) right? And like bringing her to session every week, and then me finding childcare for her, and like trying to go to my own session every week—it's just—it's—it's a lot, and it's a lot in a time where, or in a headspace where we're, we may be already feeling overwhelmed and then adding all of those logistics to it can just be, be so overwhelming and it can kind of cause us to go, I can't do it. It's not for, me. I wish. Right. right. Um, And so I, I love, I love BHIS for that because it's like, nope, your other kids are also going to be able to play with Play-Doh and do all the activities we're doing and learn, uh, in this session. And it just eliminates so many of those barriers.
0: Right. No, I totally agree. I talk about that with my clients all the time. They're like, no, we have therapy like with you guys. And then we have occupational therapy and swim lessons and all these other things and they're like they have multiple kids all in the same like age bracket and they're like I w- I need to schedule like we need to schedule but it's just they they stress about it because mm-hmm. that life just gets so so busy which I totally like you said you're like I can't even hardly pack one kid up in the car on time exactly right
1: My goodness. And, and you talked a little bit about that barrier to counseling, that feeling of like, I don't have time, right? When you were in school and you were taking all of these extra classes and you were like, I don't have time.
0: That's like a time in your life where you would almost think you'd need it more because of the high stakes and stress and life changes. I mean, that was one of the things that my counselor told me when I moved up here or up there was, like it's, you're just not adjusting. Like, I mean, it was the adjustment disorder that she told me that she thought I had, because I just wasn't adjusting well. And it showed so much, not only in my performance with school, but also just like my feelings. Like I didn't have that excitement. It just wasn't right in any of the, any way I think you need counselors. I don't know how I can need to like start a petition to be like unlimited sessions at colleges. <laughs> people yes. need it. I've met a lot of people and they need it.
1: So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, especially with adjustments. I mean, that, that is a time period where you're constantly adjusting. You may have been living at home with all of your family members and siblings and parents around you. And then you're you're on your own. Um, And you're expected to make a lot of really big life decisions while you're in college. Um, And it's, it's can be extremely overwhelming. And we are so busy during that time. So I, I love, you know, you were able to kind of recognize as well, like six sessions. It's not it's not enough for me to build rapport with this person. I don't know this, per- I don't trust this person yet. And I need to be able to do that in order to benefit from those sessions. Right. Yeah. You said it so well. And you said, you know, once I knew that I was in a place where I I needed that support, I made time, you know, <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm going to make time because when we're in those time periods, it does become a priority. And uh, I, what I love about it too, is that, you know, you are, you're well past that crisis phase now, right? Like you are, you're doing this work, working with kiddos, working with families, um, finding that it does fill your cup and you're still continuing consistently with that counselor because even though we're not in crisis, the, the continuity of those sessions, maintaining that relationship for like all of the small things, right? That maybe, okay, maybe something happens on a Tuesday, right? And like you said, I can write a note like, oh, I got to tell my therapist about that, right? Yeah. Or I need to talk to her. But but it might not be something that I might say, oh, I'm going to start counseling, right? To be able to process that. And so uh, what I love about the example that you're setting is that you're not in a crisis situation now, like you were when you started, but you're also not saying, well, I'm not in a crisis anymore. I don't need a therapist. That's the goal though, (laughs) to not be
0: in constant crisis. Yes. And you, even if you feel like life is swell, like I feel like life is pretty swell right now, but like that's not the point, like, yeah, that's the point, but like, keep it going. Like you there's always little facets of you that like you can talk about and things you don't even know you need to talk about with your therapist, that they just have a way of getting out of you over time, but it does take time. And I think that's really hard for people. Like I learned in school, maybe you guys knew this, but like the average time somebody goes to counseling is one time, one session. And they actually do report that they feel better But I think that's the crisis portion. Like they go there, they're like, I got it all out. Like somebody validated how I was feeling, which is great. But like, let's keep going. If like, we have a good thing going. Mm -hmm. And I think people would make a lot more time if they thought, if they would have more time had they thought about that. Like we make time for the things that we find important. It's just, that's just how it is. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's preventative continuing that relationship with that counselor, right? If we continue that relationship, we're going to have less frequent uh, and the intensity of those crises can be can be lessened. Um, and then when we are in a crisis situation, which we're all we all find ourselves in those situations we're not then adding to the overload of that situation by going now I got to call eight counselors and try to get some, get uh, into somebody. Oh, right? yeah. like, we're that like,
0: like, already did about. that, been there, done that. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I also think when you are in this field, it gives you a unique perspective to be on the other end and receive counseling. Like I almost find that to be like all the things that like were terrible about high school. I'm like, I wouldn't be as funny for one if those bad things didn't happen. But for two, like I wouldn't have this hindsight to share with other people and help apparently kids now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I just think it having people that go to counseling have a perspective that maybe other people might not have or gain. And I think it makes us better counselors, honestly. So what's something that was
1: surprising about Doing Bhis, something that you that you learned about either yourself or about Bhis or working with families. What, what's something that
0: was surprising to you as you started on that journey? Well, for one, I'd never heard of Bhis prior. Yeah. I really didn't. I mean, Chris, I think I saw Chris's posting on like Indeed or something, and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> I didn't even apply to any other jobs when I really should have been applying to like twenty to you knew you were gonna something, but. I mean, no, I never heard of be his had So this was all super new. And I think that's why it took me a hot second to pick up on it. But then when I started talking to like teacher friends and networking and stuff, they're like, Oh yeah, we love be like th- that. We refer people to be all the time. So I was like, I must've been in the dark about this because I feel like I could have done that. I mean, in college as like a part-time or something like just, to or when I was after I graduated when I was bartending, I should have totally been doing counseling because I don't know, bartending just didn't really fill my cup either. But (laughs) (laughs) so I just yeah, I mean that was surprising. And then also just realizing that like, hey, I'm kind of decent at working with kids. Like I feel like I have a the ways and the things like I said that were not so fun about growing up, that makes me like able to relate to them more like, I just feel like that has always given me a unique perspective. Not that I had like terrible childhood. I'm not saying that, but like just mental health struggles that never were addressed per all the reasons we just talked about. So I think that also surprised me about the kiddos part. Yeah. I mean, I, I also really like, I like it more, honestly, to be honest, I like it more than I thought I was going to. And it's also less, scary than I thought it was gonna be like working going into new homes and stuff that I've never met. Yeah.
2: It's
0: it's it's working out, Julie. <laughs> we're getting there. Good. This is good news on
2: the podcast. So <laughs> you're not the only one. I'm surprised that a lot of your teacher friends even have heard of it because I know I hadn't heard of it either before I started doing it. I don't but do I think
0: it. we have Optime like in Newton. So yeah. they heard of it through there, and then obviously some friends that you and that I went to you and I for like a couple months <laughs> with. Um, they they were from the area, so a lot of people had heard of Heart and Solutions just because we have a couple offices up here, mm-hmm. which is good.
2: Yeah, it is good.
0: <laughs> it is they must listen to the podcast. <laughs> I,
1: I uh, so I started out in Behes, um, in Marshalltown. And uh, that was my that was my first job out of uh, out of school. And I went to that interview and I, I had read the description. I was like, yes, working with kids. I can do that. This sounds great. But I did not know what be his. What I, I had to look up after the interview. What does this stand for? Like, what? What do these
0: letters mean? Um, of I, my life, I feel like I'm like, I asked Chris, I was like, what's a F.S.R.P. worker or whatever? Like, I was like, I should know this, I know I should know it, but like when I typed it in on Google, it was like about food or something. <laughs> for the, and I was like, I just got to ask, I, I need to know. So I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about sometimes, but it is a lot of new, like working with DHS workers. I've never really had to do that. So it's just like dipping my toes, making me feel like a, a big girl here, getting my life together. So, I mean, it. I like that it's something new like that every day. Uh-huh. I think it keeps me I'm kind of a busy body all over the place so it keeps me on my toes and I like that about this position too it's just yeah. different absolutely yeah
1: uh, working with kids is never boring I'll say that there's <laughs> always variety <laughs> when you work with kids oh yeah Bhis is be, you know is behavioral health intervention uh specialist or behavioral health intervention services if we're talking about the service um and it is skills development with kiddos um and what I was surprised by when I started doing bhs was how fun sessions were I was like I would leave sessions sometimes after playing twister for two and a half hours you know and I'd be like I can't believe I just got paid to for two and a half hours to play Twister with this awesome family, right. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, or to play wee bowling for, (laughs) for an hour with this awesome family. Um, And it just, it, it is so much fun, these sessions. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, uh, you know, because people don't know about VHS, sometimes there are families who it would be great for, for those families. Um, And it's no cost to the family. Mm -hmm. And it's fun for the kids. And I think sometimes, Counseling gets a weird reputation uh for being boring, right? Or like, okay, or if you're like homework. Kid, yes, or if you're a kid, you know, well, my kid wouldn't sit for two hours, you know, to do a session and like neither would you my don't kid have for have <laughs> yeah. to sit there. Yeah, I don't
0: want to sit for two hours either. Oh, what I was gonna say is so how I moved <laughs> <laughs> I moved and I have clients that are like an hour and a half away and I well, I would die for those clients. Like we, I I have seen, like, I will keep driving that drive as often as I can, because I, I leave that session feeling so good in particular with that family. Like I just, I can see the difference that I'm making, which sometimes it takes long, like longer than a few months, but like, it's just like little things. And when the parents are like, report back to you they're like oh yeah like we used our tools from like our wrap or whatever and it really helped it just that's the type of thing where I'm like yeah I'll drive an hour and a half to see you guys because it, it makes me feel good yeah Is it, it's, isn't that a, <laughs> I mean, it's
1: important you know I mean we can't do good services we can't do good sessions if we don't if it doesn't light us up to help people, you know? And so, I mean, gosh, getting to see in a child's life. I mean, we, we've talked in this episode a little bit about prevention, right. Versus crisis management. And one of my favorite things about working with kids is that it is, it's preventative. Even if they come to us in a crisis, they've got years and years and years of their life. Even if they're 18 and about to age out of BHS, and they're coming to us in a crisis situation, the impact of those sessions and practicing those skills and having a supportive, appropriate relationship with another adult that cares about that child um, is huge prevention. We don't know, you know, in 30 years when that child is 50, uh, how what we do and those skills that we're developing at that younger age, how those are going to positively impact that child's life. Um, And it just always just really, it, it, I light up about that too, because (laughs) with kiddos, it's, it is, it's so preventative and they've got so much time to let that skill grow uh, and impact their, their lives and their
0: outcomes. Right. And that's what, what I, the thing I forgot the first time that I was going to say, which you just reminded me of is, you're even welcome. If you're a, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> even though if you're a kid or an adult, like, yeah, you might've like mediated that immediate crisis and then never go back. But like, what about developing the coping skills to do it on your own next time when you can't just hop right into your therapist, like on call, you know, like that's the whole point, like how you said preventative. That's the whole point is to be able to handle these situations and maybe not have them turn into a crisis in the first place. But it's all about like having the skills to be able to do that on your own. And I think that's part of mental health in general is things feel so out of hand, out of your control with being able to like mediate or mitigate situations that feel so strong in the moment. Like you don't want to get to a crisis. You want to be able to just like I don't know. I feel like I've gotten there just by like the little. It's not like the big, quotey sounding Hallmark card advice that counselors give you. It's like these little things that just stick with you, and I can think of that like just with the you and I, or like poking the bear with other jobs in the field to see what I like.
1: Yeah, sometimes it is those those small things, right? It's not like, well, my counselor said this, and it changed my life. It's all of these things week by week that kind of build up because it's, and it may be advice that we've heard from others our whole lives, but when it comes from somebody who really truly we feel does understand us because we can, without limits, share who we are with that
0: person. And they have no uh, and, reason to lie or like tell you yeah. otherwise, like there's such a third party unbiased like person. Why would they tell you that if it wasn't? hmm just because they think that's what you want to hear. Absolutely, it's like you
1: know when a parent says, "Oh, you're so smart," or you know your par- your partner
2: you says, oh, "President
1: of the United <laughs> yeah.
2: States."
1: Yeah, it's like, okay, mom, you know because
2: <laughs> you have because, to say that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, they're your family member. They're your best friend. Like they have to say that. Uh, but like you said, when it's a counselor, it's like, they don't get anything out of saying that. Like they, it's also their job to tell you when you're screwing up. So, yeah. <laughs> so we can, you know, it, it feels like we can, we can trust it mm-hmm. as well when it comes from that third party perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can, I can believe that you are a bartender. I feel like uh, building rapport. Oh, floor. Great. What a compliment. <laughs> awesome.
0: Now you I, need to explain I, yourself. Really <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was fun I mean, don't get me wrong but I mean it, I also feel like I have a degree that I need to like try to use Maybe I'll <laughs> you on the side it's right down the road so <laughs> so
1: when I was uh when I when I first started in Behes um oh my gosh oh it's too long ago way long ago uh 12 years ago um when I first started in Behes I was bartending weekends evening like I would do my sessions and then I would come back to Grundy and then I would go to the bar and bartend. <laughs> and uh when I was in school, I was a debt collector. Um, and I feel like those two People's jobs, uh, they are like the best way. Like every counselor should be a bartender at some point and should be a debt collector at some point. <laughs> <A debt> because <laughs> okay,
0: why a debt collector? Where I never want to do coming? that. Oh. <laughs> I don't no, so, I don't think I would do well at that. I'd just be like, okay money like or if they're like
2: tell you okay, I'd be like okay never mind you don't I wouldn't want to make a man
1: so I mean the, the skills of a debt collector are, and of a bartender are so similar to the skills of a counselor you've got to be able to connect with people you've got to be able to talk to people on the hardest sometimes not the hardest day maybe but when they're having a really like when I would call people as a debt collector, they don't want to talk to me. (laughs) So in counseling, once I started counseling, I was like, Oh, now I'm talking to people and trying to build a relationship and rapport with people who are actively coming to counseling to talk to me, right? It's different. That's
0: so funny that you say that because one of my reasons when I was talking to my career counselor that I was like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't be going to counseling is because I thought, I felt like people do not want to come and talk to you. Like not some people do, but like some people. Probably don't want to see your face. They're like moms making them, or like, I don't know, somebody, some external third party is making them be there and like they don't want to see you. And I didn't want people to dread seeing me. You know, that was one of my reasons. So it's funny that you say, like, that you and your personal experience have felt these people like they're choosing to be here. Like, this is like a looking forward to time of their day. I mean, compared with
1: talking to a debt collector for sure. that's true. And then bartending too. I mean, oh gosh, do you need to build the skill of boundaries, right? And being Uh, able to uphold boundaries with people, right? While still connecting and still building rapport and still building relationship. Um, But having those, those good boundaries in bartending, that is, that's everything, you know, and, and that's a job that really builds that skill quick. Yeah. Um, and so I always think of those, uh, those two jobs that I had as, you know, I've had a lot of other kinds of jobs, but I feel like those two really, really contributed, uh, with counseling skills. And, um, so that's where I'm coming from <laughs> with you being a bartender.
0: Uh, I could definitely... Could see it. I feel like serving in high school, like being a server also kind of in the same boat. Like I feel like I learned so many customer service skills and people skills and just how to have you have to work hard and fast in high school. I like I told my sister, I was like, you need to be a server while you're in high school at some point because you learn so much about good and bad about people, people. and how to treat servers and other people and service industry stuff and just how to talk to people and read for lack of a better word read the room almost like pick up on social cues better especially when you're younger so yeah same concept as bartending though
1: absolutely yeah absolutely those are all great ones you know where it's that and and all of those and and hair Hairstylists, I would say, probably have the same same situation, right? Where like that skill of being able to build rapport, like that is important. Nobody wants to go get their hair done and sit there
0: for three hours, right, and have it be awkward. Yeah, I mean, they're not in the mood to talk. Like nobody's in the mood to socialize, but you kind of have to. Nobody's in the mood all the time to socialize, but you kind of it teaches you that you have to especially as a hairstylist. I mean, I've been hearing on like TikTok lately how people are like going and requesting like a silent hairstylist session. Maybe so like for some peace and quiet, but that's like that becoming too. a thing. I like that cuz it gives the
1: option. Yeah. Yeah. I love that options. That is awesome. Wow, well we are running low on time. I can't believe how fast that Hour went so, so Caitlin, uh, if if you could give one suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting counseling, what suggestion might you give them?
0: I would say just from like my own personal experience, which I feel like we barely scratched the surface on. Like, I have a lot of other things that I had in my mind that I wanted to talk about, but time ass. flies when you're having fun, you know what they say. <laughs> um, I would say. Well, I had written down what do you have to lose, but that sounds a little harsh. So I was thinking more so like give it if it doesn't work out the first time, like don't just give up, throw in the towel, because I mean, it I feel like it almost never is right the first time, like or it's not 100 percent like I feel and also go more than one time, like one time might make you feel better temporarily, but it to be able to do that personally independently and have those skills that will last for the rest of your life just try it again just go again honestly I mean I think I don't know what what my life would look like if I didn't go call them at like four in the morning and leave a voicemail to to my counselor but I doubt I would be like I bet I would still be like miserable in that master's program and not definitely not working here. Probably bartending again. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But it wouldn't be great. So I I can attribute a lot. I should send her this and be like, can you put me like brand endorsement for <laughs> your office? <Nor> you. so <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I I just think everybody maybe not everybody, but a lot of people report that that's why they don't, aren't in therapy is because they had a bad experience one time.
1: Absolutely. I love it. Excellent. Excellent example of trying and trying again and then, and then trying again. Uh, and having that courage to try again after having those negative experiences um, is is so important and so powerful. So thank you so much for being such a, a role model and an advocate for counseling uh, and for the work that you're doing uh, with those families in DHIS as well.
0: I'm Caitlin, on and I and you need a counselor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, yeah. Uh,
1: We all do. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So does Krista. (laughs) We all need a counselor. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for being here. Uh, If you are in the Marshalltown Newton area and you are interested in behavioral health intervention services, uh, give us a call at 800-531-4236 to get connected with Caitlin. Get
0: one with a K. Get one with
2: K. K. a K. with a K. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like Julie mentioned, at the beginning, we post new episodes at 5 p.m. Central every Sunday. So save up whatever task you hate doing and listen to us while you do that, whether it's laundry or running on the treadmill or meal prepping, and we can help get you started with counseling and help motivate you to call a counselor and get set up with services that week. And if you have any questions for us, you can reach out to us on Facebook at You Need a Counselor Podcast or on our Instagram. You can send us a DM on, at You Need a Counselor Podcast there as well. And I'm Krista Hunt. I'm Julie
1: Johnson. And we need a counselor.
2: And so do you. Bye. Bye.